In a world with too much pop culture to consume, one woman and one man will argue about it until they get bored. It's an epic battle between obsession and indifference, and the winner will determine, well, very little actually, Emily Jones and Eric Johnson star in Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob. Whoever wins, we're still losers. Welcome to Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob, the podcast where we argue about something one of us is totally obsessed with. And the other has never even seen. I'm Emily Jones. And I'm Eric Johnson. Today we are wrapping up Season 1 of Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob. Don't worry, we will be back for Season 2. But we're wrapping up Season 1 back where we started James fucking Bond. This time, it's Roger Moore's last appearance as the iconic super spy. It's got a deranged villain, a kick-ass theme song, and chase scenes in some seriously unusual vehicles. It's A View to a Kill, and I've never seen it. That about sums up all of it. There's really nothing else I can add. Chase scenes in unusual vehicles, I mean, my first thought goes to Con Air, but I don't know. We'll see if this can stand up, can can measure up to that. I mean, you're just going to have to wait and see. They're pretty ridiculous. Okay. okay. So get excited for that. I, I'm already excited. Yes. I'm looking forward to seeing this one. Uh, so and, and, enough dilly-dallying. Let's go watch this movie, and we'll be back after the break to see what I thought. It'll be good things. We'll see. So Eric and I are watching A View to a Kill, and as usual, we're about to spoil the whole movie and everything that happens in it, so you should probably watch it too. It's a little tough to find it to rent unless you have a traditional video store you could go to, uh, but you can buy it on Amazon, Vudu, or Google Play, or at this point, you could also just break down and buy all the James Bond movies on DVD, like all the cool kids, which is to say, like me and Eric, definitely the cool kids. Anyway, as we've mentioned before in this episode, this is our season finale. We're going to be coming back for season two. But in the meantime, make sure that you follow Geek vs. Noob on Twitter. It's at GeekVSN00B. And also be sure to like the Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob page on Facebook because we are going to be asking for your input while we are on our little break. In the meantime, enjoy A View to a Kill. A sacred white, a mystery gaping inside. We can't fight until we dance into the fire. That fatal kiss is all we need. Dance into the fire to fatal sounds of broken dreams. And we're back. We just watched A View to a Kill. Yeah, we did. The 1985 James Bond film. Uh, first off, Fire Truck Chase. Yep. I'm super happy. Right? <laughs> yeah, I have to... I, I should confess up front, I, I knew that there was going to be a Fire Truck Chase, and that's why I name-dropped Con Air in the intro. But I didn't know how awesome it would be. Uh, but before we get to talking about how, how great awesome that chase the was... the Fire Truck Chase is? Yeah. Um, so, uh, before we get to what I thought of the movie, Emily... Uh, I have a couple guesses as to specific reasons you might have picked this movie, but why don't you enlighten us on, on what is what is one of your favorite things from A View to a it's Kill? It's just so awesome. <laughs> I said specific. I know. 
Um, so I think on like a on like a broad level, I kind of love it for like the opposite reasons of why I love Thunderball so much. So with Thunderball, I talked about how it's like there's so much ridiculous stuff that happens, but it's also so well done, and it's like mm-hmm. it's like all the it, all the Bond tropes before they got like bad and over the top. And this to me is the most delightful example of the Bond tropes just batshit over the top. They can't even see the top anymore. Yeah. The top is well, way, is, way like, below and it. And the thing is, like, it's gone so far that, like, it's just so freaking good. You know what I mean? At first... So, like, so, like <laughs> most of the Roger Moore Bonds are, like, loosely strung together James Bond cliches. Yes. But, like... A lot of them are just very like they just you, you you the overall reaction to most of them is just like oh oh when like the yeah. cliches pop up and this is just like <laughs> it's just so far gone that it's amazing. Also, if I can do two things, um, so it's that it's the fact that it's just like it's just balls to the wall crazy, and also Patrick McNee. <laughs> From the yes, Avengers, there it is. <laughs> uh, Grace Jones is just amazing. I mean, she's mm-hmm. so like cool. And I'm guessing she's Sutton, right? No, Stacy oh, no, Sutton. Fuck Stacy Sutton. She's the worst. No, I mean, Who, she's just she's just a boring, boring damsel in distress Bond sidekick. Mm-hmm. She's she might as well be Christmas Jones to me. Like whatever. Who cares <laughs> about her? Um, no, Grace Jones is Mayday. Oh, okay, yeah. Mayday okay. is awesome. And, I mean, Christopher Walken... Com- the world would be wrong if Christopher Walken had never played a Bond villain. And the fact that he He's plays so this Bond villain in this movie is... I have no yeah. words for <laughs> Christopher Walken as a dyed bleach blonde psychotic Nazi experiment James Bond villain. I he's basically Doctor Krieger meets like uh, meet, meets like sort of a, an oil tycoon. Yeah, like Christopher Walken. <laughs> uh, okay, so actually, I want to ask. So the version of the movie that you watched did it have a disclaimer at the start? Oh yeah, that Zorin is not supposed yeah. to be someone. Neither the name Zorin nor any other name or character in this film is meant to portray a real company or actual person. So what the hell happened there? Yeah, that I don't know. I you know what? I've never actually looked into it. Um there must must have been like a threatened lawsuit or something cuz he's too similar to to someone who with a lot of money or I don't yeah, know what. But... Some <laughs> some eccentric psychotic billionaire who did yeah, something, I mean, who knows. Yeah. Or maybe they just mean um are at Goldfinger because Huh? So, um, another thing that I love about it, in a weird way, is like... It, it's, it's almost as if Zorin had watched Goldfinger and is trying to imitate him at some time. Basically. <laughs> well, like like a lot of like a lot of Bond movies after they departed from the books, not that the ones that were based on books ever adhered that closely to the books, but like, no. once they didn't have those basic things, um, they recycled a lot of plots. I mean, yeah. the plot is essentially Goldfinger, just batch it. Yeah, he even has a little map that rises up and the, the concealed you know, know. city map. And the <laughs> precise same meeting with the like in- investor types yep. from around the world and the one who objects who gets thrown out, killed in yeah. a different way. But mm-hmm. but also but also his evil scheme is essentially the same. He's going to mm-hmm. he's going to right. undermine a competing stock of 
stuff right. to make his stuff more valuable and the valuable. only stuff in the world. Radioactive, yeah. it was kind radioactive of, it was kind of gold, you know, uh, technological Microchips. innovation destroyed by a massive earthquake. Yeah. You know, potato, <laughs> potato. Right. Um, so, yeah, what about you? Let's talk about your reaction. I, I really like this movie a lot. Um, so, just while the movie's going on, I, I take notes on my, on my tablet here. And one You're so high of... Yes, I know. Well, I live in Silicon Valley. I know. Aren't you so glad that James Bond <laughs> I was so stopped happy it when that from being up. destroyed? <laughs> well, by stopping it from being destroyed, he led to the rise of a lot of other billionaire assholes. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, but are they psychotic billionaire assholes? Only some of them. Okay. Um, but, uh, okay, so in the opening scene... To be honest, at first I at first I was like, uh, I don't know if I can deal with this because sort of real world context. Uh, last week I saw Mad Max Fury Road. I have not seen that yet, the... but I really, really oh want to. God. I know, I know, I know. I've heard all the things. Okay, I saw Pitch. Don't, don't I was wait like for... like most people. I saw Pitch Perfect too, and it was not good. So. Yeah, I heard it was awful, but it beat Mad Max. Okay, but before I get back to what I was going to say, uh, see it in theaters. I'm not going to wait and let this be a, a podcast episode. Go see Mad Max Fury Road in theaters. Listeners, hopefully this episode is out in time for you to see this on a big Why screen. Why don't Go see that we movie. do it as a podcast episode, but record it while it's still in theaters? Not a bad idea. So anyway, so I've just seen Mad Max Fury Road recently, and the action in that is on a totally different level from from this. I mean, this it it looks so dated, oh, it's even so bad. for a movie that's thirty years old. But then, then James Bond is on a snowboard, and California Girls starts playing. I know. Well, and the thing is, it's not a snowboard. It's like a it's like a Whatever it's like a was. ski patrol stretcher or something that he's using as a snowboard because he's so resourceful. But I know. So he, he, here are my notes for, for from that. So I'm like, you know, oh, that helicopter looks sort of fake, but other shots of it look real. Weirdly chill music and ski chase scene. California girls, what the fuck? Snowboard, what the fuck? <laughs> Those are my notes for uh, for, for, for that intro sequence there. <laughs> and then and then an iceberg, a, a door in an iceberg opens up, and then it's like the most fake looking thing in the world, and, and they just like motorboats away. Because it's an ice flow escape pod, and obviously there's champagne and a hot chick in it. Oh, Duh. of course, yeah. I mean, that's my sixth standard issue, yeah. All, um, all ice flow escape pods come with champagne and hot chicks. Or hot dudes, depending on the, you know. Right, depending the on the agent of, and preferences their sexual preferences. Of the agent in question. Right, of course. Um, so, you know, after that point, I, I feel like that, that kind then, of was like, and okay. And then in comes the Duran Duran with the neon glow paint on everyone. Which, I, I don't know, maybe it's just me. It it really feels like the 80s aged worse than any other decade. Like, there's cheesy stuff that we can point to from the 60s and 70s. And, and oh, yeah, and the backwards. 80s aged terribly. But come on, it's so much fun. Oh, I love the song. I, I, it's I, and so the much intros, fun. They're in, like, neon yeah. paint and stuff. It's yep. 
And also, like, the really the really cheesy laser effects and the way that as rendering sings a view to a kill, the uh, the words pop in, like, as if it was made in, like, you know, PowerPoint. <laughs> I guess this would have been before PowerPoint, so it was cool at the time, but... <laughs> Just so wonderful in every way. So the, the intro to this movie does a great job of setting up what we're getting <laughs> which is Buckle just in. a batshit balls to the walls james bond insanity fest right um that said i mean i did have a few thoughts that i that was kind of you know a few reservations even though i did overall very much enjoy it uh one being yeah i was not really a fan of sutton um she's kind of a boring bond oh yeah girl. she's she's a pain in the ass my i remember being a little kid and my brother and i being pissed about her because like i remember yeah. i remember like making fun of her being like all the time don't leave me that's like all she does is just get herself stranded in heels and scream james right let's see here other things okay so i loved christopher walken as a villain but dr mortner the this like the like even even for this film way too on the nose here's this old german guy and you know and like oh i wonder if he's into eugenics like that, that that's like the most like he's obvious... obviously an evil nazi scientist don't you wait don't, i also love how i mean i know this is it's lo- love and hate everything that i say i love about this movie is also right, a combination like hate like i love it because it's so bad right um but i also genuinely love it anyway um I think it's kind of great how they managed to make Christopher Walken both a Nazi and a Soviet. Yes. He is ex-KGB, but he was created by a Nazi scientist. So He's both. Yeah. He's just all the 20th century bad guys. Exactly. And Christopher Walken. Um, let's see. And then, yeah, and then the other thing was just kind of the, the middle of the movie, I felt like they could have cut out a solid, like, 20 minutes. And they're just, like, spinning their wheels and, like... I mean, a lot of that was just was Stacey Sutton, I guess. But, like, there's just kind of... There's a lot of, I felt, like, rep- repetition where it was like, okay, we get it, you know, Walken's evil, he's gonna flood it. Let's just, you know... I feel, I feel this would have been... It could have been a much better, a tighter hour and a half yeah. of just, like... Well, get, yeah, get, and there's, the a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that, like, we definitely don't need. Like, um... Well, like, the boardroom scene that we talked about, it's like... Okay, well, I I love the way she get the Mayday gets rid of the guy from. the I boardroom love the way scene. that Mayday gets rid of the guy from the boardroom scene, but ultimately, like, did we really learn any? Did we really learn much new information no. in that? I feel like we didn't. I Actually, like... no, no, no. That's the first scene where he is talking about Silicon Valley. That that's the point. Oh, is where it I, okay? Yeah. So Sorry, I texted I already, you. Uh, I already knew. I, I guess because right. I already know you what happens, I didn't realize that that was. Is that no, that's, that, where that's he the exposition the scene? The boardroom scene is the big exposition scene, just like in Goldfinger, where where he lays out his evil plot exa- in exactly Operation detail. No. Grand Slam, <laughs> Operation Final Strike, or whatever. Yeah, or Main Strike. Main Strike. Main Strike. Um, but no, so that's that's the scene where. So uh, I had I paused it right after the previous scene ended, and I texted you saying, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna go out get some get some soda, uh, get some caffeine in my system," because I was kind of like a, a bit fatigued. I come back with with my uh, my Dr Pepper, and then it's it's Christopher Walken talking about Silicon Valley, <laughs> and I was like, and you're "Okay, just I'm like, back what? in." What am I dreaming <laughs> yeah. right now? Like, did this weirdly just become about? Yeah, yeah, about me, about my house. I was like, "Yeah, I can see my house from there." <laughs> 
But, uh, okay, but yeah, I mean, these are, like, really minor things. Like, I felt like, you know, Dr. Mortar was just kind of whatever, and the fact that he was the big bad felt kind of stupid to me. I, like, I, I feel like it could have, it should have ended with Walken falling off of the blimp over the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, I don't know it, why we know, have to have that extra little menace from him, except that it's the formula to have the extra menace. Wait, can we talk about the robot? Yes, and that, that's the last... Okay. <laughs> how adorable this is an advanced is, surveillance robot. How adorable is the advanced surveillance robot? It's way too adorable to be an advanced surveillance robot. I know, it's like robot. Wally. That's how adorable. <laughs> it's like and, Wally and plus, or the robot from uh, the Let's Go to the Mall video. It'll be just him and me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My robot pal, yeah, whatever exactly. it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and also... But okay. it's also so cute. It's a, it's such a cute little voyeuristic robot. Q has been working with Bond for how many decades at this point, <laughs> and he has to go into the room to figure out what's going on. I mean, yeah, what the mysterious discarded clothing on the way to the bathroom means. <laughs> yeah, like Q is just a pervert. He's just he's just using oh, the yeah, robot to cover up. He seemed like a pervert at that scene because he's like, let me look. <laughs> we both just made yeah. really attractive, goofy. Uh, Desmond Q, Lewin. Q is Q is a perv faces. Just FYI, yeah. audience. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So okay, let's talk about the fire truck chase for a second here. Fire truck chase. Um, there is a yeah, fire truck chase. Yeah. No. And like I said, I and so, also I, and also a significant portion of the action earlier. of the movie happens on a blimp. Like let's like that. That's why I didn't yeah. just like I didn't want to say fire truck in the intro, but also like there are multiple wacky vehicles in this. There's also a blimp. Yes. And a, and a cut in fourths car, or I guess cut in half, and then with the top ripped off car at the start. Yeah, and um, uh, and one of those like hand crank railroad things that they always have in yeah, like Scooby Doo yeah. cartoons, and just yeah. like everything. <laughs> um, but no, let's talk about the fire truck. Yes. That's clearly the best. Um, it's so silly. You can't maneuver a fire truck that well. I know, and, and the fact that he was, he was dangling from it, and just and like she was and- driving. <laughs> She was driving, so he's riding on this thing, and the ladder swings around and cuts clean off the top of a car parked on the street. And there's people, it's, it's, there's people in it who are in bed in the back of the car, and it's just like, well, <laughs> you know, at this point, yes, I accept that as part of the logic. Obviously, that, that, that that's happening. Just randomly on the street somewhere near City Hall where it's on fire. Yeah, which, by the way... San Francisco is not the capital of California. Sacramento is the capital of California. There'd be no reason for the state's oil resource and conservation office. I think office they were in Sacramento in San... at that point. No, they that was San Francisco City Hall, and the bridge they jump over is in San Francisco. I guarantee you. Wow, <laughs> so they, I just assumed they, they were in Sacramento, and then they go on that long road trip in the in the fire truck. No, 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 no. So what happens? No, oh wow, so, that's pretty dumb. Geographically. <laughs> So no, that, I mean, Sacramento is not sexy. There'd be no point in bringing James Bond to Sacramento other than for, for geographic accuracy. I think you just but no. offended all of Sacramento. Well, maybe I'm okay with that. Maybe, I'm okay with that. Maybe she, oh, no, he had the power to fire her. Never mind. Yeah, I, have no, no def- I have no defense for this. It's it's dumb. It is absolutely City Hall. I know what it looks like. <laughs> they use the real City Hall. I mean, you can tell it's the no, real I mean, building. No, I, I was going to say maybe she's the state she's the state geologist, but she's there arguing something with a city official in San Francisco because they're, they're now because then when you go the in the hallway world. when they go after they shoot the guy I know it says who's like, like state the, office building or something no no it's, it says uh, Department of Conservation which there is no department I, I looked it up it's all in Sacramento and then a couple satellite offices none of which are in San Francisco okay anyway I'm so glad um, you looked it up though yeah no I wanted to, I do I, I do I fact check my facts um but uh, so 
they leave City Hall, and they're being chased by this, like, totally cartoonish fat cop uh, with a mustache. It's just like... Obviously, I I don't like the fact that it's less time spent with Christopher Walken, but <laughs> just like so what fun. a ridiculous what a ridiculous character, and the fact that this guy would well, be. Well, like, I'm really glad they didn't bring back the stupid, um, uh, whatever his name is, J W J W Pepper. Oh yeah, 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 like, yeah. The guy that from uh, what, that would have been let die or live and let die, and um, another one. Yeah, one of the other Roger Moore's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's basically, he's uh, basically that character. So, no, yeah. so I'm really glad they didn't bring him back. They just sort of Californiaized him. California-ized. Exactly, yeah. He's that character Californiaized. So, you know, I, I I think probably the most implausible thing in this movie is how dogged that guy was to finish the, the, this chase. Like, <laughs> that, is significantly, um, that is significantly less plausible than the fire truck jumping the bridge Right, which the up. thing is... I wanted to see the fire truck jump the bridge, and you don't really. They, I know. they clearly ran out of money, and they couldn't I actually know. show. So I, I was. That's the thing is, like, I loved the chase, and I loved the build up to the bridge, and and he's saying, "Oh, raise the bridge," and I was like, "Oh my god, here it comes!" He's gonna drop it. Yeah, no. And, that is and a the fact that I don't know if that's like a misbudgeting thing or whatever, because that was like that was such an anticlimax after after what is otherwise a fantastic chase scene in a fire truck. I agree. <laughs> you know what is funny? Um, I didn't hmm. realize until this wa- this time watching it that you don't see the fire, you don't see it jump. Like in my, I yeah. think I think I have filled in what that would look like in my head <laughs> because I remember that. I don't remember yeah. like all all the build up or even why they're in a fire truck. Yeah. Like when I think about this movie having not seen it recently, but like I remember like the fire truck jumping, which again you don't see at all. So I think I yeah, just, you, I like just made hop, it up. Yeah, <laughs> it's well, it's like how it's like how uh, when you're oh, you know what I think I've done? Don't they mm-hmm. jump something in the um, bus in Speed? I have not seen Speed. I'm pretty sure that not. they do a similar bridge jump situation in the bus in Speed, yeah, okay. and I think in my mind I've pushed the two, I've mushed the two together so that I I imagine that that's what it would look like. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, so that was great for the most part. I mean, anticlimactic, but whatever. Okay. Other other problem. I forgot to mention this earlier. No one calls it Frisco. No one calls it Frisco. So, uh, the guy. Um. What Otis Redding does? Huh? Otis Redding does. When? Yeah, in um, in sitting on the dock of the bay. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't really know the words to that Left song. Left my man. home in Georgia, headed for the Frisco Bay. Yeah, <laughs> it happens. Yeah, well, he's wrong, and so he's wrong, and so is so is the well, Texas oil not... guy at the horse, you know, thing. Well, um, you're talking about two people who aren't from California, though. Yeah, I know. I'm just a saying. Texas, a Texas oil dude and a Georgia singer. Yeah. Um, anyway, just side note. Um, <laughs> back, back, to, back to good things. Uh, Patrick McNee. Let's also talk about him. I know! Um. <laughs> In my mind, I like to think that it's actually John Steed, and like he's right. working on a separate investigation and like yep. works with Bond on this one thing. It's like... Like when, except for the fact that then this ends with him dying. I know. So obviously, then John Steed is dead. I know, and John Steed <laughs> is not dead in my own mind. But uh, that's another thing that I've I kind of forget about the movie. But um, yeah, no, in my in my mind, it's like uh, it's like when um, 
when you're watching Angel and like Willow is randomly there for an episode. Like <laughs> that's what it's like in my head. Yeah, well, he he drops in for an adventure. With, exactly, with the, it's the like a little show. crossover yeah. episode. Yeah, no, I mean a they British clearly played the nonsense. fact that this. They were definitely playing up the fact that this guy would be like everyone in the audience would go, "Hey, it's it's the guy, it's, it's John Steed," you know, like they gave him a lot to do in this movie. And then they also, at one point, when he's pl- playing the valet, then they, he uh, Bond takes an umbrella from him, which is like, yep. <laughs> uh, I, I I noticed that right away. Proper British um, gentlemanly nonsense. Yeah. Also, so much Louis Vuitton luggage. And this is, I doubt this is something that you noticed, but no. well, you might have noticed the thing. But so when he when he takes the check. And like in any other mm-hmm. in any other movie, he would have just like put a piece of tracing paper over it and like done it with the side of a pencil. But no, he has some special right. device for like yeah. copying something that was just written. I noticed that. Um, yeah. yeah, but he has a Louis. He has a Louis Vuitton check copying thingy. Like, <laughs> really? Yes, it's it's Louis Vuitton. Like yeah, okay. The product placement who, in this movie was weird. Who because has it wasn't a just Louis that. Vuitton check replicating device? <laughs> Literally, no one. There's also the thing where um, when he's breaking into the house where where, where, where Stacy is, he has a sharper image branded know, window so... window opening. <laughs> like... As if, and also I love the notion that some sort of sonic device could have you. Okay, so have you ever like lived in or stayed in an old house that has that kind of window lock? I, I don't it's remember. a very Probably. it's a very basic kind of like kind of metal window lock where when you turn it okay. in one direction it's open and you turn it in the and like they, they never work very well like they're always they're <laughs> always really stiff and like difficult to turn the idea that a little thing going like boo doo doo at one of those locks could make it open is so, so absurd it's like it's, ama- it's amazing it's amazing the technology they're developing in silicon valley these days Emily. i realize you, that we're talking about a movie with <laughs> an ice flow escape pod and a and a fire truck chase but like that's just so silly and it's brandon with a sharper image so it's just odd. I, I, um this is part of the uh, this is i'm now i'm jumping all around on my on my list of different categories of comments here but back to just Things that don't make sense about this movie. I, I know it's hard to find them, but... Because um, most things make all the sense. Why does Christopher Walken need to keep a cup of sand at his desk when he's talking to his investors? Like, does... Do, do they... Uh, like, does... Do they not know what sand looks like? When he's talking about, like, oh, yeah, microchips are based on sand, and then he picks up sand and drops it all near all this like, expensive equipment, and I'm thinking... What what are you doing with the sand there? Why He's why risk having dramatic. an open container? Okay. All right. He has okay. <laughs> he has he has a blimp that's like hidden in a, that he stores hidden in a shed at his secret True. facility and like it it inflates out of the roof of that shed. I feel yeah. like it's probably like a sandproof. It's got a bunch of okay. sandproof mechanisms going on. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Um, I'm just making all the excuses for Christopher Walken, super villain, because he yeah. he does such a good job of being being psychotic, like the the creepy delight on his face when he's like yes. gunning down his employees, like and and he's so and then at the it. end of it, at at the end of it, he checks his watch and is like, good, right on schedule. Yeah. I also <laughs> um speaking of that part of the movie, like. I also I really love the way and this is actually this is actually a serious thing that I like. Um I love the way that Mayday ends up on 
on yeah. the good guy side. Like it's it's just, it's after he double crosses her and like kills all of her underlings, and it's like, why don't more hench people do that? Like well, why don't I mean, more why don't more hench people hit a point where they're like, hold up, my boss is nuts. Like that right. happens well, so rarely. But the thing is, like that's that's what I liked about that is that for, it was a personal vendetta. It was like it, she wasn't doing it to save Silicon Valley. Yeah. She should give a rat's ass. But she was like, he killed those people. He's gonna kill me. Like it, it was it that was so, it was so personal. Let me kill him first and kill right. his plan too. Yeah, exactly. But I also um, just like I just don't understand why there aren't more of those like sidekick types in these movies who go, yeah. wait a second, this is nuts. <laughs> well, I, I feel like if those people have gotten to the point where they're a sidekick to a major operation, they're stupid and or crazy enough to not revolt. Like That's they probably true. The ones who are re- rebellious, rebellious enough who might slip, they've probably been weeded out of the system by that point. So, you know. I'm just, I'm so fascinated by hench people. Like, I... Yeah. I would like to know how they become hench people. So you know how they're making a movie, or a movie is coming out very soon about the minions from Despicable Me. Neither of which movies yeah. I've seen, but they're doing like an origin. I seen it they're even. doing an origin story of the minions. I okay. wish that someone would do that with hench people in like actual movies like this. Yeah, like that's a really interesting idea. I know it would be so cool, like like a like a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, but for, yeah, yeah, but for but Bond for Bond hench people, like that would be. I'm tempted to say we should cut this out of the podcast so you and I can write a movie script. But realistically, I know that that would never really, I would never make the time for that. So we should leave it in the podcast so hopefully someone gets inspired and does it. Right. And then we can watch the movie. Right. So, yeah. Good idea. I like that a lot. All right. Screenwriting <laughs> listeners of Giant Geek versus Mega Noob, make that movie. We will go see it. Yes. Multiple times. All the times. I will totally buy that on DVD and from a discount rack at Target. Totally. <laughs> Which is like really um, high praise for me to give a movie. I'm just <laughs> saying so you now because you're willing to buy it at all. <laughs> uh, let's see other stuff. This is back to uh, just the technology in this film. I love the computers in this. I, I love I the. Uh, I, I love Stacy's Apple. I, I looked so it up. It's cute. an Apple Two C uh, that can instantly t- print out the the seismic readings from the Richter scale of, of a tremor that just happened, which we can't actually do today. Like it takes time for the USGS to get that information out there, but her her Apple Two C can can do it immediately. Well, uh, she's the state geologist. I know, but still, that's a that's a consumer computer right there. That's that's not a that's not a fancy like high, that's yeah. But anyway. Eric, she's the state geologist. Oh right, I sorry, I had to think about that. Yes, that explains everything. Um, <laughs> Duh. Oh, and also the cassette tapes. I uh, know, I know. <laughs> I totally forgot that that happened in this because that's that's actually a um that's a minor plot line from Diamonds Are Forever. Have you seen Diamonds Are Forever? I did not like it. I remember seeing it. Well, there's there is there is oil rig related cassette tape switching tomfoolery in that. <laughs> <laughs> so I forgot okay, that I'd happened forgotten. in this too. Which that that was really great. Where with the uh, the Soviet uh, agent, I know. And, which also uh, just like I love the like casual like Bond has this has this yeah. like you know enemy with benefits Soviet agent <laughs> that he like runs into periodically. And she's not in any of the other Bond films. Is she? Nope. She's just... okay. Well, see, I like that when a film does that, where where it just drops in this character. The characters already have history. You know, um, and and then yeah, we just kind of yeah, random color of random importance. Yeah, 
Uh, and it also led to and it also led to yet another really really tiny Goldfinger thing when he's listening to the tape and he writes down like the oh, yeah. this thing and its code name in three days like it looks exactly like when he writes down the thing about Operation Grand Slam. Yep. Um, and puts it in his shoe, yeah. Yeah. Or takes it, yeah, whatever Puts it, it in the pocket of the guy who ends up getting killed immediately after. Right, the, with d- the, chip. the detracting investor person. Right, with the tracking right. chip. Who then gets um, smushed into a tiny box of car scrap metal. Poor guy. I know. Um, James Stock, instead of Stock I Bond. know! God, this movie is just full of, full of little things like that. Everything is just so silly. The cat is named Pussy. Yep, yep, I saw that. Which they didn't really like zoom in on very much until the end when the when the creeper voyeuristic right. robot was yeah. <laughs> passes by a bowl that labeled pussy. Um let's see. I already mentioned the uh, the ladder knocking the top off of that car. Um oh yeah, also when when City Hall is on fire, there's like a random homeless wino who comes up and is just like looking and I know. just like And he's in no the... other part of the movie. Uh, but which but you know, if it were modern San Francisco, there'd be a lot more of him represented proportionally in the crowd. But <laughs> also, also similarly, the uh, when they're like pouring the water into the mine or whatever, um, and the fishermen, the, yeah, the end of the lake with the empty fishermen. It's like, you know, <laughs> it's like it's like they really are teetering like right on the edge of self-parody. Like that's the other thing is like I feel like there's an extent to which they're aware of their silliness in this movie in a way that they're not in the other Bond movies, and they're yeah. just like, you know what, we are gonna play California girls while James Bond snowboards and we are gonna put like a dejected fisherman in the middle of this drained lake because like (laughs) we recognize this is silly so let's be a little silly silly right now here's the thing here's actually serious comment i wish with maybe with a more straight face but i wish more action movies would do stuff like that i wish they would show people of no consequence how they're affected by these cataclysmic events i know action movies are so bad at that like, the, the the worst of them was Man of Steel, the Superman movie that came out. I know I've ranted about this to you before. I know, we just talked but, about this, like, not that long ago. Yeah, with Watchmen, I know. Sorry, I'm, I'm a broken record. No, but no, no, I mean, like, I mean, um, we talked specifically about Man of Steel recently. I don't remember yeah, why, but I haven't sucks. seen it anyway. Don't, but, uh, no, but just, like, there's, like, thousands of innocent people who die in that movie who get no time at all to, like, be, like say, to give people a chance to say oh that's sad they're just like cgi objects which yeah. i hate about so many action movies is when like they're just full of cgi and they're just like no think about like give this some stakes give the, have there be some consequence yeah that's actually not, that's something i know? like about the both avengers movies is that they do they they like they try not to do that. <laughs> like Right, well they focus on saving people and they talk about saving people and yeah, away like, from like, populated areas. Like a huge and... a huge I feel like a huge portion of like what was driving the final final yeah. clash in this one was like, No, we're not gonna let people die. No one's this gonna one die. Age of Ultron. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, now we're talking about a completely different franchise, yeah. <laughs> no, but I uh, know I agree. Like there are a lot of there are a lot of it's again again the the like interesting Rosencrantz and Guildenstern thing would be like it would be yeah. it would be so interesting to watch a movie of like some poor so it would be like a normal ordinary movie and then like wouldn't it be crazy to be watching like a rom com or something and then well, like remember, we, all of a sudden there's this. a there's a fire truck chase through the middle of it because it happens to intersect with a James Bond movie? 
we talked about this in the mini sode for Pacific Rim that I want to see a rom com in the middle of a kaiju movie where 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 the monster is in the background and it's just an- another movie happening in the foreground. Yeah, like know? like a movie set, um, a completely unrelated movie set in that world. From I do remember talking about this if a talk, set in that world from Pacific Rim where like kaiju right. attacks are totally normal. Yeah, exactly. Um, and they're just like a, th- a fact of life. Yeah, like traffic. Um, Okay, I think I'm officially dry on comments other than Christopher fucking Walken. I just, know. Oh, uh, his glasses. Oh my god, also the X-ray, the X-ray aviator sunglasses that Roger Moore wears. Not fooling anyone. I those know. were just so But there's they're like those are what sunglasses look like. Oh god. I know. Um, it's so great and terrible. Yep. <laughs> I love it okay. so much and it's wonderful awfulness. Uh, oh, yeah. One more thing. I, I know we already talked about the, the, the Russian agent, but I just want to work somewhere into the episode the line, the bubbles tickle my Tchaikovsky. <laughs> that is absolutely the line of the movie. <laughs> right? <laughs> so I, th- I think for the music of this episode, obviously Duran Duran, you should ha- have that playing. But then at the fire. end here. Should play Swan Gotta have Lake. California girls. Oh, true. <laughs> so, yes, before before we get, get into music, though, you're getting ahead of yourself. This is the end yes, of I season am. end of season one. But we are going to come back for a season two. So, Looking forward to that. Where are we going to be starting season two of Giant Geek versus Mega Noob? Yes, before we hand it up to the Beach Boys, uh, we're going to do something very, very unusual for the start of season two. Unusual for us, anyway, and definitely unusual for you. Uh, we're going to be playing a video game. Ah! <laughs> Finally! Yes, uh, we're going to be playing Hearthstone. Which is, don't worry, it's a free video game, so you don't have to spend any money. Although, if you like it, you're going to spend money because it's addictive like that. <laughs> yes, so uh, that, that's what. We, yeah, it's 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 interesting. I'm I'm really interested to see what you think of this. So uh, that we're we're going to be taking a little hiatus though, for, uh, while we take some time and uh, both for for work obligations and getting some episodes uh, prepared so we're not scrambling each week. (laughs) But then we will be back with more episodes in the start of season two of Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob. Until then, Emily, where else can we find you on the internet? I am on Twitter at EJ Reports. And I'm on Twitter at HeyHeyESJ. Thank you to everyone who has listened throughout the first season here. Um, I think think they're people are pretty awesome yes pretty cool people yes very awesome people yeah i agree you know, not bad thank you everyone who's listening thank it means you. a lot to we us we appreciate it and we will see you in july this has been giant geek versus mega noob for more visit gbnpodcast.com oh,